Welcome everyone to the second episode of Love in the Mirror, a podcast devoted to helping the helpers, those in relationship, and those who are really devoted to learning new ways to help themselves. So I thank you for being here. I'm your host, Shannon Bodie, and today our conversation is around growth mindset, both with ourselves and in families, how we can apply some really tangible things to take into relationship on a daily basis. And our guest is Suzanne McCauley, teen health coach who really knows her stuff. She also happens to be a dear, trusted, and amazing friend. And I can't wait for y'all to hear our conversation today. Thanks so much for being here. This is Love in the Mirror. I am so excited to introduce one of my actually dearest, oldest friends. And it's such a delight to interview her today because don't you just love it when people that you adore personally, you get to watch them come into this phenomenal professional skill set. And I have referred people to her. I have watched her work her magic with teens and families in so many settings over the last 20 years. It's not even funny. And so it's my pleasure to interview and introduce Suzanne McCauley. She is our teen and life coach and a parent and teen educator. And there are so many, as I've said, so many settings where she really works her magic. And that's why I'm having her on the show today, because we're talking about growth mindset. And we're specifically talking about growth mindset in families. So this term gets thrown around a lot. And if you've been on innerpeacerising.com, there's a lot of material there about how we get to the peace that is already here. And, you know, our class talks about that a lot too. Getting to the peace within yourself is one thing, right? And then finding peace within a family that is dynamic and changing on so many levels, whatever that family looks like, whatever your definition of family is, growth mindset I have found to be absolutely vital in that process. Um, And so I couldn't think of a better person to bring on the show today and just chat about that from a fun place. So today you're going to learn about her background, but about why growth mindset makes a difference in families, how we can take those individual steps that we apply with ourselves to our families, whatever your family looks like. That can be chosen family of friends, community coworkers, families with kids. I know I need it in our blended family. And you'll get some tangible takeaways and recommendations from Suzanne. So without further ado, um, Suzanne, would you like to share your background and welcome? I'm so glad you're here. Well, thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Please tell us a little bit about what brought you here in terms of why you're the speaker on this topic and what you do, particularly in your coaching practice and anything that feels relevant for background at this point. Okay. Um, Man, my career has taken some twists and turns that have all been honestly lovely. I've been so lucky when it comes to um, just career choices. But I started out as a teacher a long time ago, and then um, I moved to a district level school administrator, and then I became a mom. I have three kids who are 12, 9, and 7. And they're all awesome. Thank you so much. But, you know, it's always always different than what happens out in the world. Then I started working as an instructional coach. And actually, that's where I was introduced to the growth mindset in my work with teachers. Um, The school that I work at was 
trying to determine what would be a great cultural and thematic goal for a school year a little while back. And they chose the development of the growth mindset in our school, in our students, in the families in our school, and in our faculty and staff. So I quickly ramped up and became an expert on the topic so that I could be the ambassador of that goal, basically, for my for my campus. So um, I worked really hard, and I know a lot about it because of the research that I did, but I also got to see it transform a lot of lives, which was really amazing. And all the while doing all this work as a teacher and a school administrator and as a mom and as an instructional coach, I was also really involved with the teenagers in my community, um, basically speaking into their lives. So getting to marry what I was learning about um, growth mindset at school with what I was doing in the community with teenagers was where I really found some powerful impact. And then I just knew it was my life's work really to um, coach teenagers in their lives and their parents, help their parents be successful in parenting them. And so really moved into that um, as the purposeful work in my life, if that makes sense. So that is how I got where I am today with the growth mindset. Oh, I I just love it because I hear I heard I think I heard you say purpose about five times and like really knowing what your life's work is about, and th- that's just what's delightful. That's what we highlight for our listeners and on the show is like getting to that place. Not only that you know you're making a difference in the lives of others, but it really feels like your life's work. I mean, it brings you joy and peace to do it, and it's yes. so evident. It's yes, so evident. Absolutely, you do it. Absolutely. So. Thank you. Thanks for giving us the background. And it's fun. I love these interviews because there are things about that I didn't know. Like, oh, I didn't know you learned all that there. That makes sense. So there you go. <laughs> so getting into this a little bit, some folks, you know, some listeners might be really um, familiar with this content and some might not at all. So, and plus, whenever even we hear a familiar, you know, definition, it's really nice to hear a fresh take on it and how it's meaningful for you as a practitioner. And I say a practitioner in all those roles that you named as, you know, one of the chief operating officers in your family of five yes, and yes. in all these beautiful roles that you hold in work and coaching teams. And so, can you, you know, from your own perspective, how would you define? growth versus fixed mindset. And I know we've talked about that. There's a lot of varied components to this, right. but please feel free to share um, you know, what you really think is, is relevant and useful for people when okay. they look at growth versus fixed mindset. So this research comes out of Stanford from a researcher named Carol Dweck, and her book is called Mindset, The New Psychology of Success. And I highly recommend this book for teachers, for educators, for parents, especially for people looking to make a difference in their own lives and the lives of others. Um, It's just powerful, the stuff that she shares. And it's based in sound research, which is really important to me. I don't really like the idea of adjusting my life or the lives of the people in my family and my home with just things I'm reading on the internet, et cetera, right? I really like things to be founded in research. So I highly recommend that book. Um, It just shows her research so clearly um, and allows you to really understand what she's talking about. So she basically says there's two mindsets. There's the fixed mindset and the growth mindset. And the deal is almost all people have evidence of both mindsets in their lives in different areas. So you're going to hear me use the verbiage, 
when we're in our fixed mindset or when we're in our growth mindset. And that's because we have different areas of our lives in which we are in fixed or in growth mindset. So when we're in our fixed mindset, we believe that our talent and our ability is innate and it can't be changed. And when we're in the growth mindset, we believe that talent and ability can be developed through effort. And we know this is true and possible because of the brain research that's been done and the determination that our brains actually have a quality called neuroplasticity. And that's our brain's ability to grow and change throughout our lifetimes. So when I talk to people about mindset, there's six facets um, I like to look at. So the first is effort. So when we're in our fixed mindset, when we look at effort, we think to ourselves, why try, right? Mm. If something's fixed and can't be changed, then effort seems moot, right? When we're in the growth mindset, we acknowledge that effort is how all things are achieved and really um, how we accomplish in our lives what we hope to accomplish. So if you're looking at a task and you're feeling, oh, I don't even want to try it, that's because you're probably in your fixed mindset around that idea. Whereas if you're feeling motivated to put in the work and get things done, you're in the growth mindset. You believe you can get better or change what you're trying to do. That's great. The second facet is in messaging, how we talk to ourselves and how we talk about ourselves and how we talk to others and how we talk about others. So we're in the fixed mindset. We say, I can't do that. Whatever that is, we're thinking, I can't do that. You're not good enough to do that. All of that, those are fixed mindset messages. In the growth mindset, we tell ourselves, I can do almost anything at which I'm willing to work hard, or I can't do that yet. That word yet turns a lot of fixed mindset messages into growth mindset messages. Love. I love the power of yet. Oh, yes. I just, that phrase was the first thing that hooked me and like, wait a second. Yes. That grabbed me when I was looking at growth mindset. And you might say we had a live example as we were setting up our, our yes. podcast today. You would say we're that. Looking at, at technology and how many tries did it take to get us both on the line, right? If we mm-hmm. had had that fixed mindset of like, oh, well, I guess it's not happening today. Right. But it was like, oh, we just haven't learned how to do this yet. Okay. Right. We figured it out. Now we're here together. Okay, thank you. Go ahead. Keep going. These are great. Yeah, I was going to say too on this one. So my youngest son, when I learned about the growth mindset, was still in preschool. And so he's been, he's grown up with these messages basically. But whenever he hears somebody in our house say they don't like something or they're not good at something, he will always, he's like our yet patrol. He will always <laughs> add a yet on the end. That's great. And one time my teenage girl <laughs> said that she did not want to go camping. And he said to her, well, you just haven't adjusted your attitude about camping yet. So <laughs> he's required many things in his life. So um, that's a powerful one to use with kids, um, teaching great. them about the power of yet. The third facet is focus. So when we're in the fixed mindset, we're focused on what we've determined we have a natural talent for, the things we feel naturally great at, when you're in the fixed mindset, those are the things you really focus on because they make you feel good. I'm really good at this. I'm awesome at this, all of those things, right? Sure. When we're in the growth mindset, we're focused on the areas in in our lives that we're working at developing, the things we want to determine that we want to get better and better and better at. So those are the shifts in focus for fixed and growth mindset. There's just so much more possibility when you're focused on Yes. Yeah. You don't have to rely on quote unquote innate God-given or birth-given talent. Right. I just, it opens up such an array of potential, I think. Right. I do want to say too, I feel like 
sometimes people will listen to this and say, oh, are you saying I could be a pole vaulter in the next Olympics? Mm -hmm. Well, no, I'm certainly not saying that because you're probably if you if you haven't pole vaulted at all in your life you're probably not going to end up in Tokyo next summer like that's probably not happening for you but if you were to hire a pole vaulting coach and practice every single day you'd be a way better pole vaulter next summer than you are right now nice yeah so this looks yeah. at realistic scope too yeah. but it opens up the possibilities of realistic growth and scope and change right and the other conversation i'm constantly having with my daughter is i'm not saying you can do everything I don't Mm -hmm. want to send that message either. I'm not saying you can look at your life and decide you're going to be great at 90 things. That's not realistic either. I am saying you can do anything, like any one thing you pick to be great and hone in at. You can pick a few things probably, but also don't mishear the message as we can be great at everything because we don't have the time and space in our lives to be great at many, many, many things, right? I love that. And I love the focus component of that for that reason. Like mm-hmm. you get to pick and choose in certain ways without it being overwhelming. Um, right. Well, love that. Right. Right. So the next facet is when we look at challenges. So we're in the fixed, when we're in the fixed mindset, we avoid challenges because they could lead to failure, right? And failure is proof that you don't have those talents and abilities that you believe you were born with, Right. When we're in the growth mindset, we embrace challenge because we know challenge is how we get better and stronger. Right. It really does. And I, I mean, I've been studying the growth mindset for years now, and I'll tell you, there's still areas of my life, and you know this because you've walked me through some of them personally, but some areas of my life where I really am still fixed mindset and and I rely on people who know me well and know what I'm trying to accomplish to say to me, "Uh uh-uh, you are not going to say that to yourself. You can change this thing about yourself. You can crush that goal if you want to focus on it, you know? Yes. Yes. That choosing the folks who hold up the mirror with compassion yes. and and yes. that realistic, you know, reflection back of like, oh, I think you're fixed. You're fixed. You're you're not fixed in any of these other areas. But we have a lot of areas that what I find in my work with clients and in my personal work is that the places where we're fixed, even when we've been practicing growth mindset a lot. The oldest places, our oldest programming, or sometimes the programming that feels the most stuck, that's that's going to stay fixed for a little while, but only for a while, right? right. That, that's okay. That usually is the areas where we need the most compassion and right. the most, most loving space for those spaces right. too. Yes, so, yes. Love it. Um, next, we look at feedback. So when we're in the fixed mindset, feedback feels critical and unnecessary because when we're in the fixed mindset we are believing that things can't be changed or improved. So what's the purpose of feedback, right? When we're in the growth mindset, we look at feedback as essential. It's how we get the information we need to make adjustments to get better and better. So it doesn't feel like criticism. Right, right. Do you see folks personalizing feedback a lot? Um, yes. I'm taking do. it the wrong way. You know, like well, God, it's really hard to receive feedback because it's going to be negative. Right. But, yeah. And especially when it comes to teenagers, um, I think adults in their lives have to work really carefully at how to deliver feedback because most of the teenagers I know are already telling themselves all the things they need to fix about themselves. 
and all the things that aren't good enough. So our feedback as adults has to come really carefully. Is there, and you might be getting into this a little bit because I know you're on the principles piece, but how, what is one way to offer feedback that can be honest and constructive that offers opportunity for positive change without being negative? And I know that the receiver of the feedback ultimately makes the meaning out of it, be right. that a major, be that, you know, our spouse, be that a best friend, but yeah. Do you, do you have any tr- tips and tricks for that? Well, I have one based in research, actually. Mm. Um, Carol Dweck, in the book, she says that they did a research study where they gave feedback to high school students on their writing in English class. And um, they took a controlled number of students and gave the feedback with the phrase, I'm giving you this feedback because I believe in you at the end of the feedback and took another group of students where they just gave the feedback and did not add that phrase to the end. Yeah. And the impact of the feedback was way more profound on the students who received the message, I'm giving you this feedback because I believe in you at the end of the feedback. So it feels good to hear just that. Yes. So that's a message that we need to send teenagers, especially right now. I'm giving you this feedback because I believe in you. Thank you. Thank you. That's super tangible. Okay. Yes. And then the final facet I like to look at when I'm trying to just explain and describe the growth mindset is the success of others. So when we're in the fixed mindset and we see others around us as successful or they have a big win, we get jealous because we've determined that it's something we can't do, right? When we're in the growth mindset, we look at the success of others and we ask questions about how they got where they are to see if that information is meant to help us chart chart a course in our own lives. Uh, Then it becomes this beautiful inspiration instead of, um, instead of a scarcity, right? Like, Mm -hmm. oh, well, they got it. So there's not enough. Right. See that happening a lot. Right. There Um, is enough to go around. Yeah. Like, oh, they did it. So can I. Right. So fun. We used to joke about that living in San Francisco about parking spaces. It's like, well, that person got a parking space. Therefore, that's a sign that it's a possibility. We will get one. They got one. We can get one, everybody. Right? Right. So be that with anything. That person found their beloved, wonderful relationship. That means I can too. Right. Not all the good ones are taken, for example. Right. Right. Okay. I love that. Thank you. The success of this. Oh, did I cut you off? Are there more about the facets? Nope, you're good. That's that's the basic rundown on growth mindsets. I love it because I feel like each one of those is its own beautiful workshop about, you know, right. I love that. And Um, I like how it gives you a way to look at your own life. Yes. In very tangible, um, just concrete ways. That sounds funny. Concrete when you're looking at it, but ways that are very, very clear. Right. Um, that also sort of depersonalize or take some of the vulnerability out of it. What I love about each one of those is it it also can normalize that we all do this, right? right. We all do this. There's going to be some areas that are easier than others in different facets. So yes, um, if you could share, and you started to get into this a little bit already, but other examples where you've seen any facet of that growth mindset work make the biggest difference in the lives of those you work with. And it might be in your family. It might be, you know, with teens, it might be in relationship, but where have you seen it make the biggest changes? Would you say? 
I've seen it make such a profound difference um, at school, especially. I mean, the research shows, and this is, I mean, research has been replicated throughout the last few decades. The belief that students have about whether or not they can succeed has a profound impact on whether or not they succeed. And I've seen evidence of that with students, especially. Um, I've also seen teachers who believe they can be better and better and better at their life's work. And I've watched them put in the effort to become better and better. And it has been the blessing of my life to be able to work with teachers who strive so hard to get better and better at their profession. Um, and then my own kids at my house, I mean, we have so much conversation around this. And again, like I said, it's interesting to note that our youngest who's grown up um, really in a growth mindset oriented home is just, I mean, he's a problem solver. He's always looking for the upside, always trying to learn and grow. I mean, it's been remarkable really. Yeah. And his energy is so, you know, delightfully bright yes. and funny, you know, that I always think, well, that's just, there's a fixed mindset assumption. That's just how he is, right? But wow, who knows what impact mm -hmm. that just growing up with those messages, you know, as mm -hmm. literally as he's making those first neurological connections and meaning of himself, that that's the soup that he gets to be in is so, so, so cool. And it's so really fun to watch. Cool. Yeah. Um, and one thing I heard you say about teachers too, do you see it breathing more life into them? Because I always, gosh, I marvel. I have so many dear ones who are teachers and um, our family has deep, long roots in education. And I marvel at folks that can stay passionate and stay committed to making huge differences in the lives of students. And I need those teachers, you know, for our kids that, yes. you know, it's like, gosh, how do you find it? And so do you see this also breathing life into their careers, into how do you stay afloat and fresh when you're in this place of educating a lot of people, of taking care of a lot of people in different ways? You know, I would imagine that makes a really big difference for the teachers yes. who serve. And I, I mean, I honestly, I, I meant it when I tell you, I am surrounded by teachers who want to get better at their jobs. And that is just so inspiring to see them take their calling so seriously and work so hard to get better and better. And I've also seen that bleed into other areas of their lives. So they're making other areas of their lives better and better because they've come to know what's possible with a growth mindset um, because of their work in teaching. So it's really cool. Where have you seen it making the biggest difference? And this might be in your family, but you know, as we get into sort of the nucleus of this topic today, it's that like, gosh, I mean, I can do my own family, like my own personal work and growth mindset work. And really, you know, a lot of my work is individually with clients, but now it's with groups too. And what we're doing is spending a lot of time looking inward at what you, especially at what you mentioned, those key facets of the messaging, what's the self-talk that happens? And so it is one thing to name and claim and reframe the thoughts that are no longer serving you. What does that look like when you're bringing it into relationship and with your kids, with, with your husband, with your friends? I mean, where do you see that making a difference when you're communicating this? I am always talking to my kids and other people's kids, quite frankly, about yes. changing the narrative on their lives. That is 
probably the number one thing I do. I always say I should rename what I'm doing to teen mindset coach. Because what yeah. I'm really doing is helping young people change the narrative on their lives, uh, catching those thoughts that aren't serving them, which usually are fixed mindset, and, and replacing them with the truth, which includes what's been proven time and time again by Dweck and other researchers, which is that if they are willing to put in the effort, they literally can accomplish almost anything. I work hard to normalize mistakes. Um, mm -hmm. Dweck proved through her research that mistakes cause synapses to fire in our brains before we even know we've made a mistake. So wow. our brains are so wired to learn from mistakes that it happens at a biological level, which is really remarkable. Um, I tag the word yet onto self-defeating statements that come from the young people in my lives, in my, in my lives, in my life, <laughs> so that it can impact their lives in that way. Our outer monologue is going to become their internal monologue, right? Yes. So we have to work to help them build something worth absorbing, really. So beautiful. I got chills in about six things you said there. And the part about our inner our mon our outer monologue becomes their inner monologue. Yes. Would you also say those are the things, including the things we say about ourselves? Right. What we model for sure. Yes. The other thing is I try not to rescue young people when things are hard. I mean, mm -hmm. it's tempting, especially yes, it when I'm in my coaching practice and I've got, you know, teenage girls telling me about you know, mean girl stuff that's happening at school, it'd be really easy for me to tell them exactly what to do. A step-by-step, yeah. step, get them right out of the problem. But then in five, 10 years, when they're having friendship problems or problems at work, I haven't, I will have stolen the opportunity from them to figure it out on their own and to have something they can then apply later that they came up with, that they know is a part of who they are. Yes. That, yeah. You're robbing them of the proof. Like yes. that, that self-efficacy that's so powerful. Yes. The other thing that gave me chills was that I didn't know that. Mistakes wire in the brain something completely new and different at the synapse level. Yes. Like we are wired to learn from mistakes. Like they're yes. actually crucial. The I other thing is we as adults get so upset when teenagers make mistakes, but they are they are literally in the time of life where they are supposed to make mistakes. And we are supposed to say, uh-oh, you crossed the line. Let's back it up here. Mm. Definitely don't rescue them from consequences, right? We need consequences Absolutely. naturally to fall upon them so that they learn what they need to learn. But we have really no reason to get all fired up and yelly because they're literally doing what they were made to do. I say they're doing their job. So yes. speaks to boundaries yes. a little bit then, yes? Like, yes. oh, they're not going to know where the boundary is unless we set it. Right. And it's their job to step over it until it's defined. I learned that with my daughter all the time where right. as we speak to this, she's almost 10 and where she'll do things that I didn't even know to set a boundary around. It never would have occurred to me. Right. <laughs> like, oh, that wasn't, uh, wow, I didn't think to define that set of uh, conditions with your slime creation or going for a bike ride on your own at, you know, 6 a.m. on a Saturday. You know, right. That's, oh, interesting. Wow. Like, she's going to push the limits until she knows where they are. And then sometimes she's going to push them again, right? But that that is, that's the nature of it. And that I think in how we frame it doesn't have to be a mistake either. Like, oh, this is you figuring it out. Right. On a side note too, this is a real, it's all related, but 
not as related. I often have teenagers and their parents do a circle of control thing, right? So on the outside circles, the things you don't control and on the inside circle are the things you can control. And those things on the inside circle are ourselves, our thoughts, our feelings, our life choices. And that's true for parents too. We don't get to control the choices that our children make. It's really, they are other people. They are not extensions of us. They are themselves. So with all of their beautiful, unique expressions that are sometimes don't feel so beautiful to manage in the moment. Right. Right. The other manifestation of growth mindset in family life for us has been that we have shifted the way we praise our children. And Dweck actually speaks to this in the book too. When we praise children for the effort and perseverance they put into their achievements rather than the achievements themselves, they grow in that self-efficacy. When we say things like, you're smart, this project is great, they start to actually slip into a fixed mindset. When a child is told over and over again that he or she is smart, the first time they fail a math test or um, have something not go how they thought it should go for an intelligent person, then immediately they're, you know, flipped out of that fixed mindset. Like, oh man, I'm not who I thought I was. Right. So we do way better to praise our kids for the effort that they put into things and how hard they work on things than um, attributes of who they are. Does that make sense? Because then it doesn't become this solid identity formation or exactly. a pedal that they have to fall off of, pedestal that they have to fall off of. Yes. Right? Yes. I, I tell Zoe all the time that, you know, she'll come home thriving from a test with something. And for her, and this might be true of some other folks listening out there, um, we're constantly reframing some, you know, perfectionistic type of thought patterns. And so like, I, honey, I would be just as proud of you if you got this grade. Yeah. What I'm proud of, what type of effort did you put in? Did you try your best? Right. How did you know that you tried your best? Great. Well, in our house, if trying your best gets you a B and gets you a C, all right. You tried Absolutely. your best. That's what's in our control to work with, right? Absolutely. So it got you an A. That's great. I'm, you know, I'm not proud of the A. I'm proud of your effort that you put in. The other yeah. thing I send clear messages to my children about with regards to this is sometimes they have other things going on in their lives that don't lend themselves to having the time to put into getting an A on this gigantic project. So they bring home a B or a C, but your whole family was away at a soccer tournament for three days over the one weekend they had to work on it. We have to be fair about that too. Or you had a big loss in your family. Yes. Or your family doesn't have a real stable schedule or you're divided yes. across two different households or you know things like that that foundationally are shifting in families, which happens, of course, a lot. That yes. Yes, like what is the percentage of effort that you have to give to this given the current set of circumstances? Right. Right. And not to make excuses for them or give them outs, but really Mm -hmm. to have them look at their lives as whole, you know, sets of what they're trying to accomplish versus just school in one category and, you know, Mm -hmm. our other sports and stuff like that categorized elsewhere. You know, do you see that helping? I don't know. This is a leading question, but I would imagine that would help parents relax a little bit, too, if there's a, you know, if there is a, a dip 
or is well, about that? If like, we're talking about grades specifically, the only time I see parents truly relax about grades is when they really come into the knowing that those grades do not belong to them. Those grades mm-hmm. belong to their children. The end. End of story. Yes. If so a bad. parent can honestly come yes. to that, and it's really hard because the pushback that I get when I talk to parents about this is, yeah, but the teacher looks at me and I'm the parent and I'm responsible. And I, do you know how many times I emailed my, one of my children's teachers this year and said, this child elected not to do his homework. I hope you will have him do it during recess. Uh, I am not into sitting at the table and saying, do your homework, do your homework, do your homework. You know what? I would rather have them learn in first grade how to not meet a deadline and what happens when that happens than have them learn that at their first jobs. I want them to learn that right now. Setting up failures that are are safe and appropriate and really powerful. So that those synapses can wire. That's my takeaway. Yes. Synapses that build yes. our neural nets that say, oh, I can create a different experience for myself. Yes, for sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. And I honestly, I heard a parenting expert say years ago, the cost is always lower now. And that yeah. oh, is that's true. Beautiful. Yes, that is the truth. <laughs> and then I don't know. Did you ask about how things are with my husband in terms of the growth mindset. I'm going to speak Absolutely. to it for a minute anyway. Yes. <laughs> but um, yeah, please do. In terms of that relationship, what Dweck says about it is when you're in a romantic relationship or a partnership, there are three things you can be fixed and growth mindset about. You can be growth fixed or growth mindset about yourself. And then you can be fixed or growth mindset about your partner. And then you can be fixed or growth mindset about the relationship. Because there's so three dynamics there. Yeah, Yeah, there's three legs to it, three entities about which you can have either a fixed or growth mindset. So for us, it's really just been deciding and working to really embody that belief that I can grow and change, he can grow and change, and our relationship can grow and change. And we can accomplish and do together and separately whatever we really want to do with our lives. That. I hear so many of the same tenants when we talk about like, how do we feel peaceful in relationship? And I heard you reference this about your husband and your kids with their, you know, some of this, this is on you. You're in your own growth process. I don't have to identify with where you are. And you didn't say that, but I heard that like that um, unique path that each person has, you're not taking ownership of your husband's path. Right. Or your kids' paths. You're taking ownership of what you demonstrate. Those are different, totally different relationships. But there seems to be a lot of freedom in that. Right. And this is a big shift for me. I am a controller. I like a plan. I like a list. I like a schedule. Very much. I like to control the elements of things. But more and more, I'm realizing that doesn't serve the people around me or or me personally. Right? Yeah. And what something I've heard you say, too. With regard to that, when you've, when you've been working with things around control or around dealing with a challenge in your family or at work, is you say the phrase, well, this is just this season. Yes. And I, I hear you talk about that in your marriage. And I'll, if it's okay to say here, you know, there are, yes, absolutely. there are other, there are many relationships that I've watched in my adult life when I call it window shopping. <laughs> 
right? When <laughs> I a window shop on that. Ooh, I'd like to cultivate that. Ooh, I don't want to cultivate the quality of that. Interesting. And what I've watched you um, and your husband do is one of the relationships that I've window shopped on for years in terms of what are successful, beautiful, loving, coexisting mm-hmm. patterns where people let themselves be real in a genuine, genuinely loving, dynamic family that I would want to cultivate. And now that it, I'm so grateful for that teaching. And so I, I just love, I love what you two do together. And when you say the seasons, like, yes. oh, that feels like a growth mindset tenant. Like, well, the season right now right. is a little challenging, but it's not fixed. It's not permanent. It's not forever. Right. Well, what's so funny is one of our mottos, I mean, and this is very early on in our marriage, we kind of figured this one out. One of our mottos is it won't always be this way. So, I mean, you, if you've got a tiny squishy baby who fits in the crook of your elbow, but you're up four times a night, well, it won't always be this way. That baby is not always going to have you up four times a night, but that baby also is not always going to fit in that crook of your elbow. Yes. Right. So even whether it's something amazing or something really challenging, it's not always going to be this way. So we have to really love what we can. I mean, love the heck out of what we can about our different life seasons and then recognize about the parts of it that aren't so great, that it's not always going to be this way. Just hang on, keep moving forward. Mm. And I love that because in that way, growth mindset becomes an invitation for presence. Yes. Yes. Like, oh, well, this is hard. Okay. It won't always be this way. This is really beautiful and amazing. It won't always be this way. Right. And yes. oh, I love that. It it just it it helps us, it helps me take stock. It helps me, I call it saver mode. You know, when yes. the thing is really beautiful, it's really nice to take it on. You know, and then I think the flip side is not being afraid that those things are gonna change because they're gonna change. Right. So that's okay. So, but if we've had a successful season, then growth mindset invites us to cultivate it again. Oh, right. Well, we can take the, like you, what you mentioned, oh, we figured this out early in our marriage. You get to keep applying it. Yes. Regardless of how yes. old your kids are or what you're dealing yes. with. Yes. I love that. Um, I feel like we could just talk about this for three years, my friend. Right. <laughs> um, I agree. Uh, Shannon, we could pretty much talk about anything. Yeah, that's years. true. That's true. Yeah, this is true. Well, welcome everyone. This is what, uh, you, Suze will probably be back on the show and we'll chat about other things. It's so fun. <laughs> Love it. Um, Come back anytime. things that I want to offer back to those who are listening, um, what I heard you talk about so many beautiful, tangible things are there, what are the primary personal practices you would offer when folks are bravely taking the lead? With their families or their coworkers. Right. Maybe these concepts are new. Maybe they're not new for those pioneers, right? In families that are reaching out or new in relationship. But, you know, the folks that we love or that we work with might not always be open to these concepts. They might be in more of a fixed mindset. So how right. do we compassionately take the lead um, in a relationship and start to role model and honor in ways that that doesn't, you know, talk down to others, that that leads by example, uh, but creates some space, you know, just, just through, just through the practice itself. 
truly, truly, we are examples by how we live. So we have to decide that we're going to do the challenging thing, even though it takes a lot of effort versus the easy thing, right? We have to truly be okay making mistakes, messing them up, messing things up and learning how we'll do it differently next time. And we have to look at the success of others. And instead of being jealous, being curious, asking questions about how they got where they are and use the answers as inspiration for getting ourselves where we want to be. And all the while, if we're trying to influence or be an example for others, we have to do this out loud and in front of the people that we're hoping to influence. And so there's a vulnerability piece there, right? Yes. To be truly an open example of what we're trying to cultivate and hoping, hoping that it will motivate others to cultivate it. But I will tell you, I have seen young people make tremendous changes in their lives with a shift in mindset. I've seen them decide to show up in friendships in new ways or to pursue academics with confidence after previously holding the belief that they weren't capable of learning a specific subject. Mm. Usually math. It's almost always I'm not a math person. Isn't it? Oh my goodness. And then I've seen them achieve goals that they didn't believe were possible previously. And I've seen young people become legitimately okay with making mistakes, which is hard when you are a teenager, because mm-hmm. especially in this day and age with the social media and everybody's trying to look perfect and you're looking at everybody's highlight reel to become somebody who's okay with being flawed and uh. making mistakes. It is a journey, but I watch teenagers literally free themselves of that expectation for perfection. And most often it's because there are caring adults in their lives who are willing to model what it's like to bravely live with a growth mindset. I just got so many takeaways right there. And mine that I walk into with my family after this conversation with you is I want my girls to see me fail. That sounds so funny, but I, I want them to see me try really hard and keep learning and get up and keep going. Yes. I want them to see me practicing this um, and to create to create the safe space for them to get to do it, for that to for them to be loved when they fail, for them to, you know, be celebrated for their mistakes and their effort, you know. And yes. whether or not, yeah, sometimes like we've said, there's gotta be some consequences along the way, but that curiosity curiosity over jealousy. So many beautiful pieces there. I love Sark says um, that jealousy is an oddly wrapped gift. Right. Um, points the way. So I, yeah, I feel like there are so many quotes. Anytime I chat with you, there are a bunch of quotes that I literally want to write down on post-its and everyone, if you felt the same way listening to this, uh, some of those will be in our show notes uh, for uh, Suzanne's wisdom. And I do thank you too, because uh, I've heard this research quoted a lot, but I've never heard it in such a beautifully wrapped, um, you know, specific way. And so, thank you for really bringing it to life for us today. And I just oh, wanted you're to so ask, welcome. Thanks for having me on the show. You're welcome. Is there anything else that I know we could talk for an hour? But any <laughs> other things that you want to make sure that we cover, including where people can reach you, Suze. And I, okay. say, I call you Suze, Susie. This is Suzanne McCullough. <laughs> um, You're fine. Where can they find you? 
Um, okay. I can be found on Instagram as Life Coach Suzanne, on Facebook as Life Coach Suzanne. My website is SuzanneMcCauley.com. And I'm on Twitter as Life Coach Suze because they have a limit to the number of characters you can have in your handle. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> that I haven't learned about yet. See, there, there you go. I would offer as a final statement that there's a Spanish neuroscientist who says every man, if he so desires, can become the sculptor of his own brain. And I just love that as a life mantra. That's what I'm taking in. That's that's it. That's beautiful. Suzanne, thank you for sharing your wisdom and your passion and uh, my intention is for this just to reach every family of every nature out there. May you all walk away with things that you can employ today. And if you don't do it perfectly, guess what? Growth Mindset says that's the way to do it. So right. for more resources, you can also go back to my website too, innerpeacerising.com. And I thank you all so much for being with thank us Thank you, today. Shannon. Thanks, Suze. Thank you so much, everyone, for being here with us today for the second episode of Love in the Mirror. Next week, we'll be looking at releasing mental energy thought patterns that are weighing us down, especially through Cindy Marshall's story of depersonalization disorder and how she is a very skilled health and wellness coach. has come up with some extremely tactical, practical ways to release the thought patterns no longer serving us. For more information, you can go to innerpeacerising.com. I'm Shannon Bodie. Thank you so much for being here. Here's to finding and relating from that inner peace that is within us already. We can find it together. Have a great day, everyone. <laughs>